Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Today we're going to be talking about my favorite Christmas movie moments. And this episode is brought to you by AMC+. With a name like AMC+, you'd expect the plus to mean more, right? Actually, it means better. AMC+, is a premium streaming bundle for content from AMC Network's brands, including Shudder, Sundance Now, IFC... BBC America, Sundance TV, and IFC Films Unlimited. That means you can spend more quality time with content you love. You know, only the good stuff. We'll be back later in the episode to tell you about some of the amazing series you can binge on AMC Plus where they're giving you only the good stuff. Okay, Desi. Yeah. I have compiled a list of my favorite Christmas movies. These are my favorite Christmas movies. Just... Just a preamble here, because okay. I know people are going to come at me, well, what about you left this off the list? You left that. I'm not saying there's not a ton of great Christmas movies out there. These are just my personal favorites okay. that I love. And I want to talk about some of the iconic moments from each of these Christmas movies in this list. Great. And you can give me your feedback, and then maybe we can talk about some of your favorite Christmas movies. Yeah. Okay. I think we have time. Now... Because I'm a millennial, obviously the first on my list is 1990s Home Alone. Yeah. I love this movie. I think it's arguably one of the most popular Christmas movies around. Definitely. I think uh, multiple generations probably love this movie. I think it's the 30th anniversary this year of this movie. I guess it is. Oh, right. Yeah. 1990. Yeah. So this is a very, I mean, look, I watched this movie like a hundred times when I was a kid. And I thought Macaulay Culkin was so cute. Me too. (laughs) He was so cute. Yeah. I loved him. I thought he was like the greatest actor. I thought he deserved an Academy Award for this role. I thought, I mean, pretty much everyone in this movie is flawless. Yes. And then there was just recently on Twitter, the person who didn't know Catherine O'Hara was the mom. (laughs) (laughs) That was insane to me. That was like such an insane statement. Yeah. Um, somebody, someone on, it wasn't even Twitter. It was like some it was article, article. But it was tweeted out. It, someone tweeted it out. They're like, oh my God, did you guys know that Kath, that the mom in Home Alone is the same person? I think the it actually said something like, um, <laughs> it started with um, which made it even funnier. It's like, yeah, we all know that. Thanks. <laughs> right. Like Catherine O'Hara is a prolific actress. She's been around forever. Yeah. She didn't just get her debut in Shit's Creek. Like, right. <laughs> and so, introducing Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> needless to say, uh, I feel like Catherine O'Hara has gotten a lot of, uh, gained a lot of popularity lately in yeah. terms of like the internet like definitely i think with Shit's creek mm-hmm. she's i don't want to say renaissance because she's always been having and she's always had she a has career like a real 
big year. I but think. she's had yeah. a big couple years with Schitt's Creek. Uh, needless to say, she's definitely one of my favorite actresses. She's, she's really, great. She's great in everything. She plays Kevin's mom in Home Alone. Also in Home Alone is Joe Pesci, mm-hmm. another beloved actor. Yeah, he's great. Who I love. Daniel Stern, also amazing. Mm-hmm. John Hurd yeah. is Kevin's dad. Uh, I know I'm forgetting someone. I know uh, the older brother on the Nickelodeon show, Pete and Pete, is one of the siblings in Home Alone. <laughs> That's a deep cut for you, yeah. for you older millennials out there. Now, I want to talk about, I do not just have one favorite moment from this movie. I have several. Okay. But here are my top three, just like that, like I always think about when I think about Home Alone. Number one is Fuller. Fuller McAllister, played by Kieran Culkin. Oh, yeah. Macaulay Culkin's younger brother, who plays Roman on Succession. Succession. Yeah. Among many other roles. I think Kieran Culkin is so hot. Yeah. Not as Fuller. No. At well, all. He's like, what, four? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a five year old little shit with big glasses. Yeah. And the little buzz cut and overalls. But his role in this movie is like a very small role, but it's definitely a memorable one. Uh, specifically in the scene where the whole McAllister family is having dinner and everyone in the family is antagonizing Kevin. Right. As they do in the beginning of this film. Right. Kevin's uncle Frank is one of the biggest assholes in cinema history. <laughs> uh, Kevin spills, somebody spills. I think it's someone spills a Pepsi bottle and it starts this whole fucking drama right. in the kitchen where they're all eating pizza. This family is always in chaos. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a really chaotic moment in the film. Because they have a ton of kids. They have, there's yeah. like 18 fucking kids in the house. Yeah. Who, we don't even know how they're related. Like some of them are cousins. Some of them are siblings. It's really hard to tell. It's right. like such a fucking mess. There's Uncle Frank, who's a piece of shit. There's his wife, who is totally cucked by Uncle Frank. Right. She never stands up for herself. She's just like, oh, that's my asshole husband. Yeah. What are um, you going to do? <laughs> I, I can't believe no one's punched this man yet. He needs it. He honestly is one of the biggest pieces of shit ever in film. Uh, so Kevin uh, is upset because some, everyone ate all his pizza. I think he just wanted just cheese pizza. He's always... He always just gets the fuzzy end of the lollipop. <laughs> the whole time. And his older brother, Buzz, is like, yeah, if you want some, someone's going to have to barf it up. Ugh. And Kevin, just that is it for him. Yeah. So he pushes Buzz. The soda spills. Everyone's going nuts. And um, oh, also Kevin was really pissed because they said he was going to have to sleep on the third floor with his, right. with his cousin Fuller. And right. he wets the bed. Ugh. And you can hear his mom say, Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. <laughs> That's the worst. Have you ever had to be near a kid who wets the bed? Of course. It's just, you we know, all, you're waking up wet. We all had that friend growing up. <laughs> Maybe you're the friend That's listening. True. You might be the bedwetter. Right. It's but okay. we all had that friend or sibling mm-hmm. who it wet happens. the bed and we had to sleep in bed with them. Yeah. Sometimes it happened when that you're... That feeling of waking up warm, oh. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Look... I passed out drunk with my friend in my bed when we were teenagers, and she pissed my bed. Yeah, and it can I, happen. And I complained about it, and she was like, shut the fuck up, go back to bed. <laughs> Sometimes it happens when you're older. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this just this scene, Fuller specifically, because he's so like pathetic, he yeah. gets, someone pushes him into the wall with a chair, 
Right. Um, and his little glasses go up on his face. Aww. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. Now, the other scene that's one of my favorites in Home Alone is the fake gangster film. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. This is a film within a film that Kevin watches while he's home alone. Oh, right, right, right. I remember because he uses it later on for sound effects. Yes. Right, 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 right. It's a very creative That is very creative. Solution. Kevin is eating a big sundae that looks fucking delicious, by the way. In his living room, none of his parents are home. The whole family is in uh, Paris, I believe they went. Right, because they're far enough away that they can't just get back. Or maybe they went to Florida. They, one of them is Florida. Okay, one year they go to Florida, and then in like the sequel they go to Paris. Yeah, I think Florida. I think they're in yeah. Florida the first, because his mom's like, you can decorate a palm tree. Right. And he wants to be where there's snow. That's you can, right. You can at me. Yeah. I don't remember right now. Um, okay, but Kevin's eating this Sunday in his living room. And he's like reveling in the fact that his parents can't stop him from eating garbage and nice. watching rubbish. Yeah. He's, he says, I'm watching rubbish, which was so, felt so out of character for me because like he's not British. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he pops in the VHS tape of a film called Angels with Dirty Faces. Oh, I know that movie with Jim. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Angels with Filthy Soul. Oh, so it's like a good parody. It's of, a parody yeah. of Angels with Dirty Faces, which is a 1938. Gangster movie. Yeah, with James Cagney. With James Cagney. So I found a Vanity Fair article from 2015 that explains the backstory of this film within a film that Kevin watches. And I was so glad that there was like some good information. This article is by Darren King from Christmas of 2015. And... Basically, it's a spoof of the 1938 film, Angels, Angels with Dirty Faces. This film within a film was shot in one day, and it was shot using film techniques from the 40s as well as old film from the 40s to make it look very authentic. Oh, cool. Look, when I was a kid, I thought this was a real... I thought it was real, too. ...gangster movie yeah. that I had never heard of before. I mean, there's so many low-budget gangster films from that time. It makes sense that we wouldn't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I really... Like, it looks really real. Yeah. And the dialogue sounds so familiar. The dialogue's <laughs> so great. Um, the actors who do it are really great. The It stars Ralph Foody as Johnny and Michael Guido as Snakes. Wow. And basically the plot of this film, well, like the scene that we see is snakes coming into the office of his gangster boss, Johnny. And he's like, AC says 10%. Like he Mm -hmm. owes him 10% of like the money that Johnny owes him. Right. And Johnny's like, AC ain't here no more. Like, where is he? He's upstairs taking a bath. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know. It was just the dialogue. It's so stupid, but it's really good. And then he pulls out a Tommy gun yeah. And shoot snake, snakes. And it's very violent. Yeah. And that scares Kevin. And he's like, wow, maybe I am too young to be watching this film. Right. Maybe my parents were right. And then, of course, he uses that film as a weapon later yeah. on two different occasions. The first occasion, I think he was a little too harsh to the pizza delivery guy. Oh, right, right. He's trying to scam a free pizza. <laughs> Out of the little Nero's pizza delivery boy. Yeah. And instead he plays that tape. And at the end of that film scene, it says, keep the change, you filthy animal. Right. So the... (laughs) (laughs) And the pizza delivery guy's like, nice tip. 
<laughs> I mean, he's, a, he's a kid. He's a kid. Um, and then, of course, he uses it to uh, foil the bad guys. Yeah. To try and foil the wet bandits. That's right. Harry and Marv. I like that part. I like the way he used it then. Did you also like the train tracks that he set up with the Michael Jordan cutout? Oh, I don't he put the that. Michael Jordan cutout on the train tracks and it was moving around and you could see the shadow of Michael Jordan like going around his living room so it made oh. it look, look like people were home. Yeah, I don't remember that specifically. You need to rewatch this movie immediately. I haven't seen it in so long. Look, it's so good. Uh the I do remember being very feeling those some of those things that the robbers went through very viscerally, especially the one where they landed on the Christmas ornaments. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yes physically pained me i just remember seeing that me like oh like i can't like some of those things really hurt me the booby traps yeah the booby traps look it's been said multiple times that it's practically a meme at this point it might even be canon that this is technically a prequel or an origin story to saw yeah (laughs) (laughs) because those booby traps that kevin sets up are demented yes yeah, and they're those, all sort of creative and one-upping each other. Like those burglars, like they get so maimed throughout the course of this. You have to wonder why they kept trying. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem worth it anymore no. to steal their gigantic stereo system that they probably right. had. It was just yeah, like one of the instances, uh, Kevin heats up the door handle and Joe Pesci goes to grab it and it burns an M from a Callister into his hand and he's like screaming and then they light his fucking scalp on fire. Oh my God. They they get tarred and feathered. (laughs) Uh, Marv, Daniel Stern, he steps on a nail and the whole... the length of the nail goes through the okay, sole of I his foot. Okay, I remember that one. Um, I think that the ones that seemed really realistic to me hurt me even the most, like the nail and the Christmas ornaments for some reason, because it was like, that could happen. Like, I've stepped on a nail before, yeah. or a tack or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. It, definitely a visceral experience. I know in the sequel, one of them gets electrocuted. I think Daniel Stern. Yeah, I remember that. He gets electrocuted. I mean, it's pretty brutal. Um And like, of course, I don't know, as a kid, I was obsessed with booby traps. It seemed fun to make them. Yeah. I wonder if there was like incidents of kids trying to do booby traps after seeing this movie and injuring their parents, (laughs) (laughs) their siblings. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. I I think the kind of booby traps I was more interested in deploying were like the comical ones, like dumping a bucket full of barf on someone. I was just thinking that. like, And also that seems very low tech. Like you just need to put a board in the door jam. Yeah. But I know even I would fuck that up. Oh, yeah. Or like pull a string and it would land on me probably. Yeah. Like while I was rigging it. Yeah. (laughs) Now, the last thing I want to talk about, because I could honestly just talk about this whole movie because I love it so much, is Kevin's macaroni and cheese. Oh, I have a vague memory. Look, if you haven't seen this in a while, you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. But there's a scene where Kevin has to go grocery shopping And he's trying to be all adult about it. And he's at the store and he's trying to act like an adult when they're ringing him up. And he's like, is this stuff any good? He's talking about the like microwave mac and cheese dinner. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. And he goes, I'll give it a whirl. (laughs) (laughs) And then later for his pre-booby trap night meal, he makes himself 
a nourishing meal of macaroni and cheese that he bought at the grocery store. He like needs to carbo load yeah. before enacting this plan. So he sits down, he lights some candles. It's like a very like um, intimate looking meal, but just him and himself. And he doesn't eat the fucking macaroni and cheese oh. because the, the, the caper starts. Oh, before he gets to eat. Before he gets to eat it. And that has haunted me my entire life <laughs> that he does. And that macaroni and cheese looks fucking delicious. Ugh, I want it right now. If you know what I'm talking about, you know that macaroni and cheese look good. Mm, it yeah. is like steaming. Nice. It's like has the curls of steam coming up from it. It is like the perfect bright orange. Yes. And super <laughs> cheesy looking. Yum. You know the kind. Absolutely. Like, <sighs> he doesn't eat it. Bullshit. <laughs> Okay, our next film that's on my list of all-time favorite Christmas movies is definitely on your list, too, and that is 1946's It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, of course. Now, I've watched this movie, much like Home Alone, over 100 times. I've watched this movie so many times. I've watched it not on Christmas. I love this movie, and I have an It's a Wonderful Life cookbook. You do? (laughs) Yes. What's in it? Uh, it's nothing super, it's not like it's food from the movie, but they all have, uh, names from the movie. It'll be like Uncle Billy's soda bread. (laughs) (laughs) What? I've made recipes from it. Is it good? Yeah. I mean, they're all like very basic old school recipes. I don't know. I think someone might've bought it for me because they know I like the movie. Yeah. I honestly don't remember where I got it, but I still have it and maybe we'll make some stuff from it. For Christmas. <laughs> I really, I mean, there are so many moments from this movie. I love the moment I wanted to talk about specifically, though, was just the character of Violet. Yes. Gloria Graham plays adult Violet. She, Violet in this, Violet Bix, mm-hmm. Violet Bick. Violet Bick. Violet Bick. Violet is a hoe icon. I when I first saw this movie from a very young age, I was like, I want to be Violet. Me too. <laughs> Me too. She's so good. She's a hoe from the start when she's a little girl because they have the you know sequences where it's like uh, George at Bailey at the ice cr- George Bailey at the ice cream shop serving Violet and Mary, and, and he mansplains coconut to her. He mans <laughs> he he mansplains coconut. To Violet, uh, he's like, this is from Tahiti, and I'm going to go to Tahiti. And they're like, okay, whatever, just give me the ice cream. Yeah. And uh, Violet Violet turns to Mary, and she goes, I like him. (laughs) And Mary goes, you like all the boys. And Violet says, well, what's wrong with that? She's pretty proud of her honus. And I love that. And then when she grows up, she continues to be hot and hoish. My favorite moment, which I say all the time, is when she... The car crashes when she's walking in the street. <laughs> this is what I used to say as a kid, where she's like, she's wearing like a cute, sexy 40s dress. Yes. It's like a floral print dress, but it's like, you know, it's form fitting. She has the best clothes. Her clothes are just so good and her hair is good. She's just so cute and yeah. pretty. Like, but when she's like, oh, this old thing. I only wear it when I don't care how I look. Yeah, and she like flips her little hair. Believe me, that was like my go-to line that I would repeat all the time. I fucking love that moment. Yeah, I mean, and at the end, she has a heart of gold, of course. Yeah. So she's just like a great character. Um, I love Violet Bick. And I love how um, in the Pottersville nightmare, 
that George Bailey has later on in the yeah. movie when he's like seen what it would be like if he was never born. They show Violet and they're like, Violet would be even more of a slut. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, all they did to make her look like more of a slut was like curl her hair a little bit more and like give her a black dress or something. Look, I'm not going to lie. I wanted to live in Pottersville. <laughs> yeah. Pot- I was like, take me to Martinelli. <laughs> Potter's no, it was Nick's. Nick's. Wait, who? I thought. Oh, that was the Martinis. Um, Martinis was the was the pharmacy. No. no, Martinis was wasn't Martinis when it was the bar in Bedford Falls, but then Pottersville. It was called Nick's. Okay, but it was the same owner. Yes. Right. Okay. So Nick Martini. So yeah. it was called Nick's then. My, I love the moment where he's like, "Look, I'm handing out angel wings." <laughs> like, he's like ding. doing the thing. Uh, I love. That's such a. I love Pottersville. It's so fun. Me too. <laughs> Look, I know that the the pot that the government would be corrupt and it would be awful in a lot of ways, but it did look kind of fun. Certain aspects of it. Look, it definitely. I fun. wanted to live in a town with a casino, with a raging nightlife. Yeah, that I was like, this town. It's just like a '40s raging nightlife. It's still pretty tame. <laughs> I said when I was a kid, I said this town is way cooler than Bedford Falls. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They shouldn't have made it so cool looking. It wasn't bad enough. <laughs> the thing is, is they should have shown like how much worse it would have been for the working people and the working families. The worst part about it was when Mary was a librarian. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> she was like an old maid. Don't you love how that was like, that was, like, that was his final straw is that his wife turned into a librarian. Yeah. Which is like, that wouldn't have happened. She could have married Sam. <laughs> She would have married Sam. Yeah, come on. Like, hee-haw. Was that's he like, hee-haw? Yeah, that's another of my favorite moments is uh, Mary's mom. Like, she's my second favorite character, maybe, Yeah, where she's always eavesdropping on their uh, phone calls. And I used to say that line all the time, Sam Wainwright's on the phone. <laughs> when she's, like, hitting up George and Sam calls. And the mom's, like, so excited about Sam Wainwright. <laughs> she's this old bitch. <laughs> there was... Um, when I was growing up, I always thought that the scene where they have their honeymoon in that shitty old house oh, yeah. I that, love that. that turned into their house, but when uh, Mary turned it into a tropical paradise. And they put the posters in the windows. And they put the posters of like the South Seas posters in the windows, and they had the record player playing um, like Polynesian music, and the record player was tied to a string that was turning a rotisserie chicken. Oh my God. Loved it. (laughs) I thought that that was so romantic. And Bert and Ernie helped. And Bert and Ernie helped. (laughs) They couldn't, they couldn't go to uh, Tahiti where George wanted to go on his honeymoon. He could just never do that traveling that he wanted to do. He never got to travel. He always just like literally has his suitcase packed and he's on the way to the airport or whatever. And he can't get there. And it's like, you know, your dad died. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Billy fucked it up again. (laughs) Fucking Uncle Billy. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie has so many, so much tension. <laughs> There's so many moments that are so tense for me. Like just from the start when they're dancing at the school. Oh, like that's a tense scene. That was filmed at my grandma's high school. Oh, cool. My grandma was actually, I think had just, my grandma graduated from Beverly Hills high in 1946. So when that movie came out, that's real. That fucking yeah. pool. Oh yeah. That I pool, mean, yeah. That scared me as a kid so much. The dance floor when it's like flashback to their high school days and they're dancing in the gymnasium and the p- 
pool is on, underneath the floor and it opens up. Right. Is it Sam Wainwright who's mad? Because that's his girl. Yeah, somebody gets somebody mad. Somebody's mad. They don't like George. And they don't see the whole time that right. they're dancing. Right. And they're like, oh, we're, we must be great. Right. That's right. definitely something I would do. <laughs> Everyone must think I'm so hot. They're all staring at me and I have like toilet paper hanging from my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that that is a real pool. But that always scared me because I was like, what if I fell in and then they closed it back up? Oh, yeah. I don't like that. that, that is, I saw that in a scary movie once and I don't remember what it was, but she dove into the water and when she tried to go back, the top was glass. Oh yeah. What movie is I that? I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. That terrified me. <laughs> That's like my juicy. I'm going to have to Google it. I saw that in this scene. I have no idea what movie it was, but that terrified me. I'm like, I'm never going underwater again. <laughs> Can't be trusted. Can we just sidebar really quick about juicy? Sure. Okay. Desi was like singing this song and she was like, do you remember this song? It was like in the Yo MTV rap era and like she started singing, Juicy, I'm crazy. And we found it. Yes. And the song is by rap duo Oaktown 357. Right. Look, they're from the Bay Area. It's called Juicy Gotcha Crazy. It's called, and they are, they are, (laughs) MC Hammer put together this rap duo like in an hour, they had, probably. They had one hit called Juicy, <laughs> and it fucking slaps, I got to say. I should. I need to bring Juicy back. Come Bay Area on. legends. Yeah. It was, uh, I felt so vindicated because I was like, did this song exist or am I just thinking of like the woman's feature in a big, another song or something? Right. Like, uh, yeah. So it did exist. They do hammer dancing in the video. Uh, it's yeah. clearly choreographed by Hammer. This oh video. my god! And they're literally wearing Hammer pants. They like recycled all of his dance moves from. Uh, he can't touch spent this. No money on this. No, but he probably made some change. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, so yeah, it's a wonderful life. Definitely one of my favorites. Next on my list is 2003's Bad Santa. Oh, did you see Bad Santa? Is that with Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So good. I like anything that's sinister Christmas <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Not wholesome. Like I like a wholesome, like it's a wonderful life or whatever, but I like uh sort of horror movies set at Christmas yeah, or anything that's sort of more subversive Christmas related. Like I like seeing a drunk, horny Santa. He's so horny in this movie. Look, I think Billy Bob Thornton is very hot. Me too. <laughs> oh my God. I've always thought he was hot. He's There's something about him that's just deranged. He's so deranged. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> like, you know that guy's going to be the nastiest fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you just know you it. Know there's it. no way. I, like, I'm scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> I would be scared to fuck him. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. He would take you places that you've never even dreamed he of. He would show me body parts I didn't know I had and then eat them. <laughs> Dude. The funny thing about him is I 100% believe all of that's true, by the way. But he has a kryptonite. And his kryptonite is antique furniture. Oh. Have you heard this about no. him? He famously refuses to have any old furniture in his house because he knows it's all haunted. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's vaguely familiar. Didn't he also do like an orange food thing for a while? No. He only would eat orange foods. Believe me, I thought about this day. 
night because I was like, what would I eat? <laughs> of course, I have to think like, okay, carrot soup, I guess, butternut sweet squash, potatoes. sweet potatoes. But it was like, I was like, I couldn't. Mac There's and cheese. Like, oh, I didn't know if I don't, I bet you cheese didn't fucking count though for some reason, right? Because that would be, that would be a good one. Yeah. I would just eat uh, cheese all day. Yeah. So yeah, I think he did that briefly. So Billy Bob Thornton, obviously in this movie, is a very bad Santa. He's a drunk he hates being the mall Santa Claus. He does a lot of naughty things. There's mm-hmm. a very famous scene where he's eating lunch in the food court of the mall. <laughs> and this is was very relatable to me as, as someone who's worked retail before. Yeah. But this poor little kid and his mom comes up and she's like, look, honey, it's Santa. And he goes, I'm on my fucking lunch break. <laughs> And while I would never do that to a child, no. I related to the sentiment. He's, this might be his hottest role. <laughs> <laughs> There's another great scene that's such a minor scene in the movie, but it's so like, it's just the comedic timing of it is just so funny to me. And it's where he's, it like cuts to him in Florida and he's bartending behind a bar and he's like mixing drinks and stuff. And then all of a sudden some other bartender comes up to him and goes, who the fuck are you? <laughs> He's, I, I just thought this, that it's almost like the bad news bears of Christmas movies. Cause it's like this guy, like a Walter Matthau, <laughs> but you kind of like him, even though he's like awful. In he's a lot awful. Of ways. And he's like, he's so inappropriate. He's such a, like, he should do more comedy. Like he's funny. He's I very think. funny. Yeah. So the scene that I love, um, that I wrote down for this episode was where Lauren Graham is riding him and she's going, fuck me, Santa, fuck me, Santa. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. It is pretty disgusting. And it made me wonder, Desi, if you were riding a guy dressed like Santa Claus, would you say, fuck me, Santa? I mean, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> Do you have that's, to? That's part of the kink. Is that you're fucking Santa. Like... I think, why is he still wearing the costume if that isn't what's turning you on? Like, defiling Santa. <laughs> Fuck Santa. <laughs> Although, how do you say it with a straight face? Yeah. You could just take your mood away. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tricky one, because it would make me laugh if I said, fuck me, Santa. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm not laughing and ruining everything. You have to sincerely be like, fuck me, Santa. <laughs> Right, you have to commit. You have to commit, and I don't know if I could. No, I don't think I could commit to that. Like, there's no way I'm. Not I laughing. think it's one thing to fuck someone wearing a Santa suit, which is already like, you know, that's a lot. I get it if you just get turned on and they happen to still be wearing it when they get home from work. That's different. Yeah, like for me, if I did that, I would immediately be like tweeting, <laughs> <laughs> guys. I just said I'm fucking a Santa. Look, Desi, I'm. Hold on. We need to pause for one second. And we're back. Desi, don't look at your phone. Okay. Because I'm about to shame you. Oh, shit. No. I love this. In a good way. Okay. (laughs) I found some of Desi's disgusting tweets that she's written over the years about wanting to fuck Santa. Really? So don't act all innocent (laughs) on the podcast that you wouldn't fuck Santa because I have evidence right here. Oh, shit. This tweet is from last Christmas. Last Christmas, I gave Santa my heart. <laughs> this is from 12-17-2019 at 8.33 a.m. You wrote this at 8.33 a.m. Oh, and guess who the first comment is? Steve Hernandez. 
<laughs> Desi said, I really relate to everyone who was like, let's write a song about fucking Santa. <laughs> What do I even mean? And Steve said, straight up, you can tell Santa is packing heat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's a tweet from 12, 18, 15, 2015. This is five years ago. You said, instead of leaving milk and cookies out for Santa, I leave my pussy. (laughs) Desi. This is really disgusting. This is not even in the Christmas. I mean, this is like from November 1st, 2014. It's not even Thanksgiving. I was in the spirit. It's not even Thanksgiving (laughs) yet. You said, sexed. Do you want to dress up like Santa and pretend to strangle me? (laughs) Jesus. What the fuck? You know, it could have been related to something topical. Oh, my God. What? This one's really gross. This is from last year also on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve at 9.04 p.m. That's when Santa's traveling around the world. He was already on the radar. (laughs) He was already on the NORAD Santa tracker when you (laughs) tweeted this, you fucking harlot. Now, this is a visual image, but I'm just going to tell you what the visual is. Oh, I'm excited. It's a picture of your cleavage. Oh, shit. And you... I don't normally post things like Look, that. Look, it's a picture of you wearing a very sheer black top. And on the black top, there's a white... Oh, I remember this one. <laughs> and on the white top... The black top. Uh, on the black top, there is a white stain on it. <laughs> and you said, Merry Christmas, Santa came early for me. <laughs> you know what? The truth is, I was making cookies and I think I got some glaze. <laughs> I like how your memories start to come back. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tweeted that. I was making cookies. Okay, you're right. You're right. You got me. Dude, this is honestly... Who knew? There are so many disgusting, horny tweets from you. You know. Oh, here's one from Christmas Day. Christmas Day, 2015. Desi said, if Santa isn't real, then who's cream pieing me right now? It could have been Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> so let's not act all cute when okay, you say okay. you wouldn't fuck Santa. That's true. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> I would fuck Santa, especially Billy Bob Thornton. Bad Santa. Bad Santa's Look, hot. Anyone who's fucking me is bad Santa. <laughs> None of the good ones are coming in. <laughs> okay. My next favorite Christmas movie is 1974's Black Christmas. Ooh. Black Christmas is a, considered the first slasher. Yeah. First American slasher, at least. Uh, my favorite moment, well, I, I love the whole film, but I was really uh, thinking about how cute the cat is in this movie. Uh, very cute. It's a very big, chonky, fluffy cat. Right. I just watched this movie. Yeah, we both both watched it over Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And another notable thing I love about Black Christmas is how horny the serial killer is. Dude, when I heard those phone calls, I lost my shit. (laughs) Because they were fucking disgusting. They were like me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, this is obviously 
I'm sure that Wes Craven from Scream was inspired by Black Christmas. Right. Because a big part of this movie is that uh, the serial killer makes threatening phone calls before murdering these girls. But the first one that happens in the movie is so vile. Like, he really goes there. This man is jerking off. Yeah. (laughs) This is a man who is jerking off into the phone and speaking in tongues. Yeah. Like you don't. It's all gibberish. What he's saying. It's gibberish, but he says some very specifically. Well, he talks about your wet cunt. Yeah, he does talk <laughs> about that. He says some disgusting, nasty things. Some of it is gibberish, but he's clearly jerking off. Yes, because the girls are like sorority girls, and they're like, at some point they realize he's jerking off, right? Yeah, but yeah. they're like, who is this? Yeah. Like this is weird. I mean, we've all had that. <laughs> We've actually done some letters the past few weeks where they realize someone's jerking off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a great holiday film. I like it. If you haven't seen Black Christmas. It's it's very good. If you you haven't seen it uh, and you're not too spooked by that kind of stuff, it's a very uh, good horror movie. It's a classic horror movie. You should definitely watch it. And my last film on my list is a film... That I decided is a Christmas movie. Oh, hot take. If people can say, since I believe we all know by now, Die Hard, it's a Christmas movie, blah, 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 blah. Everyone knows Die Hard's a girl. You're not, we all, we all get it. It's a Christmas movie. But this is my Christmas movie that I decided should be canon as a Christmas movie. I feel like I already know what it's going to be. I tweeted it last night as a test run to see oh. if people agreed with me. And over a hundred people agreed with me that this oh. is a Christmas movie. What is it? 1993's The Good Son. Oh, that's funny. I almost brought it up because I feel like that, I was like, that's where Macaulay should have gotten an Oscar <laughs> When I saw this when I saw what this movie was going to be, <laughs> like, or when I saw the trailer or promo or whatever for the first time, I was like, Thank, this is a tailor-made <laughs> for, me. <laughs> for me. Like, this is exactly what I want to see. Bad kids. <laughs> like, dude, it's my favorite shit. genre. It's so, this movie is so good. It's incredible. And Is it Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin? It's is that the- Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin. The premise of the movie is that I think Elijah Wood's parents die and he moves in with Macaulay Culkin's family. I don't remember if they're cousins or not or something. I don't remember. I haven't seen it in a while. I but, haven't either. But basically the whole movie is Macaulay Culkin terrorizing Elijah Wood. Right. And then turning around very Eddie Haskell-like and being this perfect angel. Yes. It's kind of like the Bad Seed, but for 1993. Yeah, absolutely. It's like an update with it, a boy. It's a similar premise. But now, what is the Christmas aspect? I don't remember. There isn't. I just decided it's a Christmas oh, movie. And there's not even a Christmas scene? Well, they go ice skating in the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Die Hard's only Christmas is that it takes place at Christmas. Right. right? But I decided if people are going to just say certain movies are Christmas movies and that's canon, I think The Good Son is a Christmas movie. Well, why not any other movie? No. (laughs) (laughs) This one has to do with family. Okay. And what's really important. Oh, okay. Um, That's a good point. Sometimes your son is a little shit and you have to face those facts. Right. And they're just trying to be good to get presents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Macaulay Culkin was just trying to be good to get presents. Well, and if you think about it, are you naughty or nice? <laughs> yeah. 
Elijah Elijah Woods is is the is the nice one, and Macaulay Culkin is the naughty one. And Macaulay one. Culkin is getting coal in his stocking. He's definitely <laughs> to getting say the least. Definitely getting coal in his stocking that year, if not uh, sentenced to some kind of facility. Yes, that's uh, interesting choice. But I do like that movie. That's my fucking hot ass take. Yeah, I uh, I just wanted you to defend it. Well, first I tested it out with Brendan. I said, hey, The Good Son is a Christmas movie. And he said, what? Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to tweet it and see what people say. And I was surprised. Like 100 people well, what liked it. What were people it. saying? But what, did they people comment? Fortunately, I did not get many at replies. I got one. Fortunately. Fortunately. <laughs> but people just liked it. Maybe they were like, oh, look at Rachel trying to do a hot t- <laughs> Fave was an approval of the idea. Somebody, somebody commented. They're like, actually, it's a prequel to Lord of the Rings. I said, no, it's not. Oh, see, I don't like that. Some nerd came in with their own. Hot, I, I've been working on this theory for a while. <laughs> like, you tweet that. That's not. That's, yeah, you could say that about any Elijah Wood movie. This is right. That's like a new thing I've noticed where things are a prequel. This is the origin story for Frodo or whatever his fucking character's name is. I don't know. And it's not. It's no. not. It's a Chris. But it is a. I don't. Rem, I don't remember specifically if they celebrate Christmas in the movie. But it takes place in the winter time. It's a very snowy movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, like there. Okay. I mean, it must be. I, I feel like there must be a Christmas scene. That's why I was asking. Like, there has I had a to vague be. memory. I'll of it, rewatch but I, it. I haven't seen it in a while, but I do love that movie. If you haven't seen it and you like just fucking kids being bad and right, you like uh, like a good '90s thriller. Yeah, it's right up your alley. It's a good movie. It's I like underrated. It. Uh-huh. I like it. Um, but there is a famous ice skating scene in the... Well, famous. Famous yeah. if you've seen the movie. Yeah. It's a very... It's world famous. <laughs> like it's a very tense scene where they go ice skating. Yeah. You can probably guess what happens. Look, ice skates are sharp. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. We are back to tell you a few more things exclusive to AMC Plus that we think you'll love, including the next true crime series you'll obsess over. Des, starring Doctor Who's David Tennant as real-life serial killer Dennis Nilsson. Want to get lost in addictive, bingeable drama? Check out Riviera, a Sundance Now original starring Julia Stiles. Catch up on season one and season two of the sun-soaked thriller, and don't miss season three, which is now streaming. If you're looking for something that Metro calls more than a touch of Tarantino, watch the powerful new drama Gangs of London. AMC Plus is available on all your devices, ad-free and on demand. Watch new series, episodes, movies, and fresh content anytime, anywhere. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Sign up today at amcplus.com. That's amcplus.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash H-C-S. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Hey, we're back. Hey, let's get into some listener emails. Ooh, yeah. Our first, we have a very special birthday message at Hollywood Crime Scene. This is from Faith. And Faith says, happy birthday, Noodle. I love you, you slut. Aw. That's really... (laughs) (laughs) No. Her friend is a slut. Wait, what's her friend's name? Noodle. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. I thought she had a... a, a, You're right. I'm sorry. I ruined it. She said, happy birthday, Noodle. Okay. Uh, you know why? I know someone with a cat named Noodle. <laughs> so well, I don't think it's her real name. Uh, I like the idea that someone would send a birthday message to their cat, who's a big listener of ours. <laughs> who is a listener and a slut. <laughs> and a slut. Happy birthday, Noodle. You slut. You dirty slut. What, what you eat? <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you ate on your birthday. Her birthday's tomorrow on the 5th. Oh, good. So she'll get this. She'll get this on her birthday. Uh, I hope she doesn't stop listening midway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this episode sucks. I'm turn- I've never done this before, but fuck it. The first time ever I will be turning this episode off. Uh, good. I hope you guys have a good birthday. I don't know what you can do because we're all home. <laughs> well, because there's nothing. You can't go out. I know. Maybe you can get some cake delivered. Well, I hope I hope you get a good cake delivered or some kind of good food. Yeah, tell us what you ate. Food. Yeah, and then write in and tell us what you take ordered. a picture. Yeah, we we always want to look. <laughs> you look. You can always send us cat and food pics. Always, always, we're always welcome. <laughs> okay, speaking of food, we did get a few listeners who wrote in uh, 
telling us their theories about why Thanksgiving dinner is so fucking early. Oh, I saw those. So this is from Elle, and she said, ladies, 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 sigh. I was once like you, known to enjoy the casual sup at 10 p.m. (laughs) As distance prohibited and people grew older, I took to hosting Thanksgiving dinner on my husband's side. I compromised due to medication dependencies of family members and decided to host the early bird special and have dinner in the daylight, ick, at 4 p.m., Year after year, the side-eye of my elder in-laws did not go unnoticed as time marched on and the hours rolled past 4 p.m. until dinner was served at 8. And every time, during preparation, I felt that sense of panic and dread and chaos, and then afterward, shame and failure for my late dinner. Add a couple of kids to the mix and playing hostess is exhausting. Saying goodbye to people that late at night leaves you zapped and your house a mess. This year, I finally realized that if I shoot for more of a lunch-style time, say 1 o'clock, I can have guests fed, relaxed, and home by dark so I can put my feet up, watch TV, and binge the rest of the cheesecake. Hmm. That's interesting. You know what? That makes sense. I'm just furious at those old relatives. (laughs) If they were staring at me and being like, harumph, and looking at their watch, (laughs) I would be so mad. I'd be like, we're eating at 10 tonight. (laughs) I'm being defiant. <laughs> Fuck you. Order a pizza. <laughs> it does make sense. It makes sense. Like I said, we are the odd people out. Well, because my older relatives ate late. Same. Maybe I don't have a ton of older relatives. Like maybe some people have a ton of older relatives. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, like when I would get to my, on non-pandemic years, we'd always get to my aunt and uncle's house and they had like a spread of appetizers out. Right. Most notably, my aunt's homemade challah bread. Mm. And we always, we always had, it was, don't talk too much about food. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hungry. (laughs) So, yeah, I thought that that was uh, a really good point. I I think it makes sense. Totally makes sense. Now, we also have an email from Joey, who I know Joey. I don't. Who's Joey? I'll show you a picture. You know Joey. Um, he says, Hey ladies, just writing in to tell you guys about a close encounter that I heard through the grapevine. Desi, this is a crazy story. Okay. So my cousin's friend was in the city one time and met this guy when she was out. One thing led to another as they were dancing and eventually they started kissing and really vibing with each other. When it came time to leave, he asked her to come back to his place, but thankfully she declined and just got his info. Cut to a few weeks later, she started to form a rash around her mouth and neck. Ugh. <laughs> this is after kissing the guy. Oh my God, that's scary. Not even thinking about the encounter, she went to the doctors just to be checked out to make sure it wasn't anything serious. To her surprise, after getting examined, she was then greeted in her room with people in full hazmat suits who asked her if she had been around any dead bodies recently. What? <laughs> <laughs> After putting two and two together, she gave them the guy's information she had met, and they sent out people to investigate him. The man ended up being a necrophiliac and had given her a specific type of parasitic mites. (sighs) However, the scariest part is thinking about what would have happened to her if she would ended up going back with him since they found multiple bodies in his apartment. Joey, I need this news story. (laughs) I want to do a whole episode on this guy. Um, first of all, imagine vibing with that guy. <laughs> Dude, 
I would never trust myself ever again. Look, I've made mistakes in my life. <laughs> oh my God. That is, I did not see that coming. I saw the email, but I didn't get a chance to read it. Yeah. I I did not. I never would have guessed what was happening there. I saw it was from Joey. I'm like, oh, I, oh, I know Joey. <laughs> what, what is this story? Okay, good. That's, wow. Poor thing. Oh, my God. Like, how do you live that down? <laughs> well, at least it's not the guy who liked to fuck dead people. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, every guy she brings home from now on. <laughs> They're, they're going to remind her of that. Gonna, every, every time she brings home some other guy and people are like, eh, I don't really like him. And she, and she's like, you don't understand Cheryl. He's great. And they're like, well, you fucked a guy yeah. who fucks dead people before. Or they'll be like, I mean, he's better than the guy, the guy who gave you the mites. You guys. <laughs> he seems great. I mean, at least he's better than the guy who gave you the necrophilia mites. <laughs> that is like, I would never fuck anyone ever again. Even though they didn't fuck, I would just never talk to anyone again. I'd You'd be so be afraid. Like, I'm not dancing in the club and kissing the guy on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good for her for not going home with him. I mean, maybe she had a little bit of a, um, you know, something. Some kind of intuition. Of Must have happened, right? She could I mean, al- it's, good, it's a good thing not to do that anyhow. She could already stranger. feel the death mites. I have never heard of such a thing. Also, was he like kissing them? I'm sorry. Like, Probably. Uh, if, he's a, if he's willing to stick his dick in them. How many Silkwood showers would you have to take <laughs> after finding that out? I bet he ate a dead pussy. Ugh. I would never stop showering. Mm-hmm. I would be like Karen Silkwood raw. Yeah, same. <laughs> There's no way. I would want a skin, full skin replacement. I would say, can I get an entirely new skin situation? <laughs> Like that would be really hard for me to ever you, forget. I would go straight to the med spa and be like micro micro needle my whole body. Seriously, give me lasers. That's a good idea. That's what I would do. Just burn off the epidermis. <laughs> epidermis. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Just burn, burn it, it all. all. I would be using so many peels. Look, the good news is you would be baby soft. <laughs> baby fucking soft. Oh man, that's awful. Ugh. I have never heard such a story. Incredible. Good, good one. Look, now we have a fucking top tier story. So when you're yeah. writing in, think of this woman and 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 send us a good one. I am dying to know. I want to. I want to. I know. Like, I know he just heard it through the grapevine, but I need to know if there's a news article. I'm gonna look up parasitic death mites later. Okay. Yeah. I know it's gonna be something I regret searching. Absolutely. That's definitely gonna be a Google search. Yeah. I'm gonna regret. But it's, I need it's to gonna know. have the thing where it's like. Graphic images, are you sure you want to click? Yeah, I know. It's (laughs) going to be disgusting, but I need to know if this is a real story. I need to know if it's a news story. And if that's a common thing. A common thing? (laughs) (laughs) To kiss a necrophiliac? Well, that they knew it. They obviously had dealt with it before. Right, if that's like a thing. I don't mean common, but that it's like a known thing. like With doctors. How you bust necrophiliacs or something. like They had to go in with hazmat. I mean, that's never a good thing when you're in the doctor's office and they bust in with hazmat suits. That would I mean, scare that me. seems extreme. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a rash on your face and you think you're in contagion or something. <laughs> Dude, that must have been frightening. That's even worse than just getting a regular virus. You're forever like necrophilia adjacent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple bodies in his apartment. I wonder if he was busted for murder or was he just digging up shit? 
You know? Right. Was he, like, Ge- was he, was Ed, he Ed Gein? Gein? Yeah. Uh, okay. Good story. Very good. Incredible story. And our final email, this is from Arlene. She says, hi, ladies. Cheers from Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. First of all, I love your podcast. You bitches are fucking hilarious. As I've been catching up on your podcast, I'm currently listening to many of the discussions about pants shitting and spiritual encounters. Ooh. Do you like how that's like a combo? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Look, that is a reoccurring theme is spiritual (laughs) encounters. And pants shitting. Look, if you can tie two of our insane subjects together, great. <laughs> <laughs> this discussion may have passed. No, Arlene, it has never passed. No. This discussion will always be relevant on Hollywood Much crime like scene. a constipated turd. <laughs> this discussion has never passed. <laughs> but I am compelled to share. In one of your early summer podcasts, you shared a story from a listener who shit her pants when she fainted at a crowded bar the night of the World Series. I remember that. I one. will never forget. <laughs> I think she was at the World Series, wasn't I, she? I feel like she was in a bar watching it because remember she had to go through the crowd. At the World Series. I think she was at the oh, World was Series. She? Okay, I can't remember. Maybe, look, either way, it was the World Series. Look, shitting your pants is never good no matter where you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can completely empathize with her because this happened to me. Oh. And similar to her, found myself facing too many obstacles when attempting to just get home and be rid of my shitty pants. <laughs> I experienced what was the first of several fainting spells that happened to me over happened to me one year. I was at a house party, had never been to this house. It was a friend of a friend. As I made my way outside to the bonfire to find my husband, I began to feel strange, ears ringing, vision blurring. I saw my hand reach out to touch my husband's shoulder, but it never reached him. I tried to say his name, but for the mouthful of cotton balls I had. As I lost consciousness, I thought, well, this is fucked up. I came to with a bunch of people around me and my husband looking concerned. He got me up and I must have fainted again because I came to on the stairs inside the house and didn't know how. At this point, my husband is concerned and trying to get me to focus and respond. When I finally get to my wits, I am instantly aware that I had shit my pants. Jesus. That is not, that's the last thing you want to wake up to. I mean, fainting is bad enough. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if that time we were recording Selena and remember how I fainted? Yes. I fainted while we were recording the Selena episode of the podcast. (laughs) Imagine if I had come to and I had shit my pants and you were like, Rachel, we would have our own very special episode. I fainted before and I'm so grateful I didn't shit. (laughs) I didn't even know that was possible. She continues, all I wanted to do was go home immediately, but was not able to maintain consciousness for very long. Happens that this house was right beside the hospital. So my husband and best friend decided that they were going to take me to the emergency. At no point was I able to get to a bathroom, nor did I have any clothes to change into. So I found myself sitting in emergency with an IV drip in my arm and shit in my pants. (laughs) A real high point for sure. Finally, on the way home from the hospital, I tell my husband and my best friend that I believe I had shit my pants. They agreed that I had. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've been meaning to say something. (laughs) Honestly, they were really trying to ignore it so that I didn't feel worse. (laughs) Oh, that's a nice husband and friend. If there is a silver lining, it was... 
It was the solid state of this shit and the absence of any serious mess. As for why I fainted, we joked that evil spirits did not want me there. As any, as good a reason as any. Now here's where it gets weird. What? (laughs) (laughs) Not six months later, we were at the same house at a party again. And I mentioned to my husband that I don't have great memories of this place. (laughs) Given the whole fainting shit my pants episode. Even had a few people mention the last party when they saw me there. <laughs> That's awful. So we were having a good time and a bunch of us are chilling in the kitchen, standing in a big circle. All of a sudden I start to feel lightheaded and the room starts to close in. Are you fucking kidding me? I am just thinking again how seriously fucked up this is when it's lights out and I come to on the floor with a circle of faces staring down at me. My first and immediate concern is whether I have shit in my pants. <laughs> Thankfully, this time I had not, but I cannot explain how I fainted at the same house. This was probably two of six faints in my lifetime. The majority of those in attendance were convinced that there was a spirit or force in that house that did not want me there. I am not one to really go for that stuff, but I'm also not interested in pushing my luck. I have not been there again, nor have I shit my pants again and have no desire to do so. Go back to the house. No. Wear a diaper. <laughs> Get back to us. See if it happens a third time. I'm curious why it happened at the same house. Don't you think that's weird? <laughs> that's, I mean, I believe it was spirits. I mean, it's not like she faints all the time or something. No, this is yeah. some weird vortex energy at this house. That is so weird. I'm also, can she write in again, please? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm curious what's going on with at this part. Like, why is this the party house? <laughs> I, like, he, why is there a party house next to a hospital? <laughs> just in case. It seems like a bad omen. <laughs> Look, I need to get, like, ghost hunters on this. Yeah. Uh, what's going on at this house? Who died there? <laughs> what were the circumstances? I'm, like, literally obsessed with the fact that it was solid for some reason. <laughs> Why? I don't know because it makes more sense when you accidentally shit yourself and it's like diarrhea. (laughs) Like you fart and like diarrhea comes out. But like for a solid log to come out and just sit there nestled (laughs) in between her cheeks. I'm sorry. Like I can't stop thinking about it. And like that it smelled. Like it smelled enough that people knew not to say anything <laughs> to make her feel bad. Oh, what a nightmare! And like, are you wearing tight pants? What's the pants situation? I don't know why I have so many. Questions. I want to know what kind of pants you were wearing that night. Well, yeah, I mean, luckily, hopefully, it was jeans. Cause that, <laughs> well, that's like a sturdier fabric. Yeah, it's not gonna. Well, I guess it wouldn't leak. But like, <laughs> you don't want it to bulge out. It is a blessing that it was a solid turd. (laughs) And that she was so close to the hospital. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, honestly, what are you complaining about? (laughs) This night could have been way worse. I was just kidding. (laughs) That's so awful. Fainting is so scary. I know. I can't even talk about it for much longer because like, I will feel like it. But I really need to know what's going on with this house. Yeah, we have uh, we have follow ups. We have follow ups. We want to get. I look. I'm. I don't know. I don't care if people are still living there. They need to let ghost hunters come in. Yeah, and specifically, I would love to know about um, ghosts making people faint, like or that. shit, or is there is it? Yeah, was the shitting? I yeah, I have questions. Do you think there's a ghost that gives people diarrhea? Well, and then they messed up with this one. <laughs> 
God damn it, you idiot. I'm doing the haunted next time. <laughs> she was just supposed to shit herself. Her shit was solid di- dipshit. <laughs> but like, I mean, like just that goes to our conversation we've had before about like if you were a ghost, what would be your specialty? Yes. What would you what would be your well, signature? Well, now I know what my specialty <laughs> is. Your signature move if you're a ghost to make people shit their pants. Uh, I I think it's funny because I hadn't fainted enough and I only fainted like that one time. So I never had a chance to be like, oh shit, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty scary that she had to like, she knew it was coming and then had to worry that she was going to shit again. <sighs> well, like, that especially. Would, that would be my first thought too when I was starting to faint again. It's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Clench my butt cheeks tight before I fall. <laughs> like you've got to think. That's going to happen again, too, Somebody right? Somebody get a paper plate. <laughs> Hurry up. Don't ask questions. <laughs> Stick a roll of paper towels down my ass. <laughs> oh, my God. That must have been so scary the second time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a funny story. Thank, thank, you, thank you so much, you guys. Thank you for your listener emails. Yeah. Love them. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What'd you eat? Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, should we talk about, we're kind of on a little bit of a health kick because we gorged ourselves so much pre-Thanksgiving and after Thanksgiving, during Thanksgiving. (laughs) We basically ate all of our leftovers from Thanksgiving. And once we were stuffed with stuffing, we decided that we're going to go on a little bit of a health kick. So we're both on a healthy uh, meal plan. So we're obviously starving 24-7. I mean, it's a lot of food. It's healthy and stuff like that. But look, when, it, you, when you eat as much as we do, <laughs> any, any deviation what, from that norm. Any, any, anything that is a slightly smaller portion of the food that Desi and I usually consume is, right. like, is crazy to us. No, we're literally, all we do is text each other 24-7 <laughs> about how hungry we are, what, what we got in our meal, um, how much we're enjoying the cucumber salad. <laughs> I was literally excited to get home to steamed cabbage the other day. Cause that was like my little like afternoon snack or something. Uh, yeah. So, but we're going to talk about some of the, we literally uh, did the classic ate everything in our house before we started, which yep. took a lot of effort. Yeah. I mean, I was ate like box of cereal me too like i had to i was like i need to get rid of this fucking food this was like i told desi i said desi this reminds me of the night before i went to rehab (laughs) where i knew i was getting on that plane in the morning and i just had to do i had to get as fucked up as possible right and like put everything in my system at once yeah first of all i missed the plane oh you did yeah wait where were you flying to Utah. Oh, okay. That was my first rehab. Okay. This is my first rehab, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I missed the first plane because I got so fucked up. So I had the next, then I had to do another, do do over the next day. 
They're probably used to that. <laughs> They're probably used to that. Um, anyway, so this reminded me of that, that same feeling where it's like, well, I'm going to straighten yeah. up, going to straighten up tomorrow. Yeah. Got to have one Gotta last hurrah. Got to have one last hurrah. And let me tell you, much like my last night drinking, my last night eating like a pig was not that satisfying. It did not oh, yeah. feed my soul in the way I wanted it to. I knew it was time to make a change and uh, eat some leafy greens for once in my life. But you made a mistake in your last meal. I made a mistake on my last meal because I ordered from a place that I'd never been to before, thinking I was going to like try something new. Big mistake. Yes. I came over with my food. <laughs> and I was really <laughs> mad because it was delicious. Yes. I live by a really good... Chinese food. It's like a very basic New York style, you know, delivery Chinese. It's not like authentic necessarily or dim sum or whatever, but they have very good food. Um, and I got a, a roast pork lo mein because I knew I was going to miss like pasta. <laughs> <laughs> and I got fried shrimp because oh. I knew I was going to miss fried. <laughs> I was very... I was very conscientious of like what I ordered. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get like tacos because I'll probably eat that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. taco-esque food. Um, but pasta, like a huge order all to myself, that's not going to be on my diet plan. No. Where I eat till I'm stuffed of pasta. Right. No. And on my way home that night, uh, <gasps> I did stop at McDonald's to get a hot fudge sundae, which <gasps> is back now. It's back? It's back. What is with these... Pandemic rules. I'll tell you what. McDonald's has a limited menu now because of COVID, but they should have talked to me <laughs> because it's infuriating that the two things are like, I like the fries, obviously. They're not going to drop that. The few things that I liked there were both things that got dropped, the hot fudge sundaes and the buttermilk uh, chicken tenders. Devastating. So, How could they do that to us twice? I, it's like, yeah, get rid of the fucking salads and like, there's Nobody a lot of shit. Nobody wants the fucking salad. But McDonald's has like... So many things on its menu that no one fucking wants. Right. The salads. that People are just getting that because they're trying to be healthy. They don't eat it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you're with someone. You're like, I guess I'll get a salad. (laughs) You don't want that with the Newman's dressing in the fucking packet. (laughs) little packet. (laughs) It's like all gloppy. Yeah. Some fucking sad tomato. The one stale crouton. One like dry cucumber. Yeah. And lettuce that's not even cut very well. No, it's It's not. It's just like a chunk of the... It's a big chunk chunk of of iceberg. It's a chunk of the butt of iceberg. Yeah, the butt part. It's the butt part. You don't... You know, no. Iceberg can be good, but don't give me that butt part. (laughs) So I did stop there. Um, I... Got my hot fudge sundae and I ate it in my driveway <laughs> so I could throw it out in the garbage, but not even bring it in my house. Now I have to say I changed my garbage. I have like a little garbage next to my bed uh, or in my room and I changed it like the day, next day for whatever reason, but I did have some McDonald's uh, fast food in there because I had gone and got French fries like two nights before. Because <laughs> I'm, star- I'm starving. Like when I left here one night, because I think you guys had eaten and I didn't eat. Yeah, so I So then I had to night. wait hours. And then I was yeah. like, the only thing is open. Right. I think I did try to go somewhere healthier, like in and out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I rank fast food places by healthy. Like to me, in and out is healthier. Same. Because uh, I don't really eat the fries there. So it's just like a burger. Right. I didn't feel like waiting on the line. But yeah, so then I, pour- I poured it out. I was like, you know, it was like pouring one out. I'm pouring out one for my homies. <laughs> when I poured that garbage can, <laughs> saw that fry box go in. It's Dude, like, that goodbye. Is, 
Dude, all of a sudden Bone Thug starts playing. It's like bum 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 bum. See you at the crossroads, or you won't be hungry. See you at the crossroads. See you at the golden arches. <laughs> so I had fun. <laughs> I had a last hurrah. And oh I got to Miss Taco Tuesdays. It's <laughs> always sad when Rachel is actually ashamed of my <laughs> It's like the one safe space I can say any revolting food thing I've done. And it's like, yeah, I've done that or I've been there. This was the one time she was like, Desi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know your car has smelled like this. <laughs> of course. Well, look, I recently got rid of my car. But that car, <laughs> that car had seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> that car had seasoning on it. That car smelled like the vat of oil in the French It fries. really did. My car was the vat of oil on the fries at McDonald's. Uh, do you remember when everyone was driving those Mercedes <laughs> that ran on like oil that they used to get from the fast food places? And oh. when they would pass you, they would literally smell like mm. French fries. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did you make this up? No. There was like... There was like for a while in LA, everyone was buying these refurbished old Mercedes that ran on vegetable oil. I want this car. I don't know if they even make it anymore, but people would get like fast food. They threw out that oil every once yeah. in a while and you could go there and get it for free basically and fill up your car with this old or used vegetable oil, but it would smell <laughs> kind of like, I'm not even going to say it smelled good. It wasn't like mm, French fries, but it had that smell of yeah. like day old, like food in your car or the bags in your car or whatever. <laughs> so it was just like this funny thing that everyone in LA had this like fast food car. <laughs> I'm curious if that's still happening. I haven't heard about it in a while. It was pretty big, like five or six years ago, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't remember that. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I had a very uh, anticlimactic last meal. So after I ate that last meal, I proceeded to eat like half of a box of honey bunches of oats with almonds. Oh, right. Because we were going to order dessert and we never did. I just had to eat all the sugary stuff in my house right. that was there. Like I ate a whole bag of Tate's cookies. I just needed it out of the house because like if it's there, I'll eat it. Well, and that's why I needed to have that last Sunday. Yeah. Because I was like, I know I need a sweet before this starts. Well, Desi and I both have really big sweet tooths. And like, obviously, right. I love savory. I love savory, too. I don't like one more than the other, but I'm the type of bitch where after I eat something savory, I need something sweet. Right. And now I get some fruit. Now I get some pineapple. <laughs> I did tell Rachel the saddest thing about um, freezing the blueberries I got. Yeah. To make them more exciting. <laughs> That's honestly like what my mom used to eat in the 90s, like for dessert, is she used to eat frozen blueberries. Well, I think what I'm trying to do now is I'm getting very creative with um, beefing up, but with flavor. Yeah. Uh, my food. So it's kind of an interesting experiment. I mean, look. The food is good. I honestly do feel better already just eating, knowing that I'm eating like three square meals a day because before it was like, I was just grazing all day or well, not eating till the night. I think that's the thing too. Cause it makes you realize how much you graze. Cause oftentimes I'll, we'll both be like, I didn't eat all day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, clearly we were at least eating almonds or cracker, like something. We didn't technically not eat all day. We just didn't have a meal probably. Yeah. Something that's substantial. Yeah. But we were definitely, you definitely start noticing how much you kind of just graze all day. Or even if you don't graze all day, it's not healthy to just not eat all day. And I'm definitely getting more fruits and vegetables. Same. So that's good. I'm getting my veggies in. 
I'm not getting my uh, midnight cocoa pebbles in. That's, that's the, the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I do get, I get hungry late at night. Well, it made me realize, like, like having this kind of conscious eating makes me realize how much I, like, I just will, like, go to town on sugar really late at night. And then every morning I'm like, why do I feel like shit? Or snacks. <laughs> like, in general. Like, I mostly do cereal because it's easy and satisfying. Uh but like I liked, I had a routine over quarantine where I would watch TV till two a.m. and eat snacks. <laughs> let's just like whatever let, I had. Let's, let's just let our listeners know too that we're not going to be like this forever. We're just oh no, nothing has changed. We just need a little. We need a reboot. We need a reboot and be eating some vegetables right now. We need yes. some fucking vegetables. Yeah, and I need to be forced. I, I love vegetables. I do too. Yeah. But like, look, when you're looking for food, though, it's like I would rather have a bag of goldfish crackers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, I just have very. We're bad. just eating slightly more. It's, I love that right now we're just eating a little more sensibly, and we're like, this is the hardest thing ever. I like my freedom. <laughs> we're like anti-mask. <laughs> well, this is not the what this country was founded on. <laughs> I don't like this food pantry lockdown. <laughs> oh my, oh my God. God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's what we're doing. Yeah. I had, but to- we do have plans to have like some, uh, cheat day. Or we're going to have a, meal we're going to have desserts. a cheat meal. Yeah. yeah. We're only doing this for like a month. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not very, uh, it's not very stringent. No. It's just that we, uh, had we're not, cutting, we had been unbridled. We had been, un- we're not cutting out food groups. No, we're fine. Yeah. It's just an adjustment period. We just need to get healthy right yeah. now. We're not, I look. We'll be back to it in January. We'll be fucking. Our New Year's resolution will be, to be back to it. Back to eating Sundays at midnight. <laughs> I really could go for some ice cream right now. I want a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the soft sourdough yes. at Safeway? Yes. Where you can eat the middle. Part. Yes. Yeah. One, it doesn't have the hard shell, but it's just like literally like white bread, basically. Yeah. It's so good. That's so good. You know what's really good? Bread and butter. Bread and butter <laughs> is one of my favorite foods. It's just, it's a classic. Yeah. Do you remember at Republique? Oh, man. I follow them on Instagram. Oh, they my post God. This some is really pre COVID. Yes. Wait. I don't remember the last time we, I know we went there for my birthday, like, Bef- way before COVID, but we that was like the year before. You can, of course, it's like such a fancy. It's the this is the kind of restaurant that's so fancy that you have to like pay for bread and butter. It's like an it's like an appetizer. It's an appetizer because like their bread is so good and their butter is like churned by virgin milkmaids. <laughs> yeah, it's good bread and butter. It's a very good. Yeah, honestly, like it was pretty filling too. Like if you want to, like here's a pro tip. Go to Republique and get bread and butter and then like a small appetizer, you're good. Yeah. And a dessert. (laughs) (laughs) No, we got so much food that night. Yeah. Because it was like it was my birthday. But we had multiple people and we were sharing basically everything. Right. We just shared. But we just got so much stuff and it was so good. I miss I like that kind of meal. I know. I can't wait till we're all vaccinated and go to restaurants. When we get the vaccine. I'm going to be like Templeton the rat at restaurants. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to be up in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Gambling and eating at restaurants when With we get the, the vaccine. I'm going to, I am, I'm going to make a fool of myself. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that's it, right? I think that's all we got this week. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Yeah. 
Bye. Bye.